Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Hi, honey. Hi. <laughs> I'm Peggy. <laughs> and I'm Tony. And we're two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. Yeah, a honey of a discount. A honey of a discount. <laughs> this week's topic, we actually got to speak with people who are professional beekeepers and full-time RVers. Yeah, exactly. And we even have some of their honey right here. That's right. But before we get into that, I wanted to uh this is this this is a little bit difficult because one of the things I've noticed is the RV industry loves to be on LinkedIn. If you want to get in touch with all the decision makers in the RV space, that's the that's place where to they be. are, yeah. yeah. I mean, without a doubt. There was recently an ad by the RV Industry Association, which is the association for the rv industry about this come join us at rv's move america week and it's a whole week in business suits in hotels in washington dc and the most exciting part is it kicks off with two days of committee <laughs> meetings Woo-hoo. Ooh, where do i sign up yeah i mean I'm sure there are people who need to wear suits once in a while to make decisions, but... No, they don't. Really, RVs move America? That says to me they should be at a campground, sitting around a campfire. Okay, they can have meetings during the day, but hotels in Washington, D.C., this doesn't tell me that they're really thinking about the RVer. No, exactly. What they're thinking about, truthfully, is legislation to suppress things like lemon laws and all of that. I mean, I don't mean to be critical, but I am. And that's the kind of stuff that they do. I mean, they also have the RV Technical Institute, which is a fantastic thing. And we've talked to Curtis Hemmler in the past about how they're training people. They do have a bunch of, or they had a bunch of free certifications available for people. So they do do good things, but it just seemed, I saw that and it honestly made me mad. And I'm like, you know, you guys, if you had spent some time in RVs around a campfire, I bet you could do some pretty cool stuff and, you know, camp. Yeah. So what would you like to tell the RV Industry Association? And and remember what words your mama told you not to say. <laughs> so not those words, maybe those words. Anyway, you know, as always, you can weigh in at our fun and friendly Stressless Campers Facebook group. Another honey of a system is our solar and lithium system from ABC Upfitters. And I say that as our trailer sits outside using the, the solar and lithium that we have to keep the refrigerator and tank heaters running. We also have the furnace because I didn't want to winterize because we're going camping again this weekend with friends. Yay! And we're going off grid and... All three of our campers, maybe four of our campers, have good solar and lithium systems, but I I still favor ours the best because of the integration of all the Mastervolt components that are put in by ABC Upfitters. And it's nice when it's all one company doing the work because there's no finger pointing. It's not like, oh, this charge controller and that shunt and that bit didn't talk right to the other one no it's it's all one person responsible for the whole 
enchilada or the whole colony, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, somebody emailed me and they said, Tony, you know, you talk about that How weird that they called you Tony. I know, right? They should (laughs) have called me honey. Well, they didn't know what we're going to talk about this week. They didn't know. But anyway, they're like, so I know you talk about the systems from ABC Upfitters on the podcast. We listen to the podcast. So tell me the truth. Is it really as good as you say? And yes, the, the system truly has been bulletproof. I mean, it's it's a fantastic system. I love the integration. I like that it just works. I don't even think about it. Though I do, <laughs> I go look at the monitor panel all the time because I'm a nerd. You do think like, about it. <laughs> how much power am I getting? But you how don't have to think about right, it. Right, exactly. It can be a, you know, just leave it alone type of thing. Or there's a lot of options. For example, let's say we go somewhere and we plug into your sister's house, for example. For example. I can dial down how much incoming power I draw from an outlet so that I can be on the same outlet as the beer fridge. Right. Or whatever. (laughs) Whatever. So there's also a lot of flexibility with the unit. So if you're a fiddly person, you can fiddle with it. And if you're not, you You don't don't have have to. to. So if you would like a reliable solar and lithium power system or just want to get questions answered, call our friends at ABC Upfitters at 574-333-3225. Again, 574-333-3225. We have a video with them on our website. There's more information. They have a website. So you can start at stresslesscamping.com and all the podcast pages have links to the video interview and and more information and links to go directly to ABC Upfitters. Good people doing good work. I can't speak more highly of them. And that's the truth. So this week we're going back to Quartzite. Well, not physically. We're not going back to Quartzite, (laughs) but we... I would. (laughs) Paul and Cindy are still there. Right? They're lighting campfires still. We, you know, met so many great people and got to talk to a lot of great people. And so we have another interview from when we were in Quartzite. This is just such a fascinating topic. Yeah, I was excited by this. These people are both full-time RVers and also beekeepers. And they had their honey there at the show, which we, we got a jar of. Oh, it was fantastic. Again, since we were still in Quartzite, it's kind of noisy apologize for the sound quality but it was real live (laughs) information so let's hear from scott and karen keen okay well we are here at the quartzite sports vacation and rv show i didn't say it right the first time but i'm gonna cut out the part i messed up (laughs) and we are with scott and karen keen from keen raw honey and we are so intrigued by how honey and beekeepers can be full-time RVers and travel around the country. So thank you for hanging out with us. It's good to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so you have been full-time RVers for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, since about 1988. Okay. And you've raised your kids. They're now grown adults. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we have three boys and um, with all of our traveling, we've had different RVs and just you know <laughs> yeah we just kind of made do with what we had and we mm-hmm. pretty much raised them when we were in North Dakota they would start the school year in North Dakota in the fall and then when we would move all the bees to Oregon and winter them in the Oregon they would start they would basically ship to school in Oregon and then when they got a little older we pulled them out and pretty much homeschooled them from then on they, they're all three years apart 26 
29 and 32. Wow. Okay. And so you were doing what a lot of families now are doing before those families were doing what they're doing. Yeah. We were laughing about that. We were like, hey, look, now it's popular. Yeah. Yeah, we we said, you know, it's it's kind of amazing that we have talked to a lot of great people at this show and mm-hmm. and they've they've kind of told us their stories and what's been going on and and they walk away and we look at each other and we just smile because <laughs> because we know that you know when we've been doing it for so long and it's been great it's it's been different we started it with my mom and dad they started doing the beekeeping over 30 years ago and 40 years ago 40. oh boy wow so they taught us and we've worked with them for many years traveling with them so it's been a family affair my kids learning how to do it and we travel from oregon to um california and then over to north dakota and we do this over and over again we pollinate in california we pollinate in oregon and we pollinate in um, north dakota so you have bees in each of those three states oh. we have bees that we take with us you actually do travel with bees i was yeah. going to ask that question and i was going to be joking no, no we do some of our own trucking but we do have some some truck as well with specialty bee haulers they yeah. do all of, a lot of our trucking basically kind of to give you kind of an insight how it starts so when we're in North Dakota in the summertime we come out of Oregon out of the spring buildup and so the bees get on a lot of brush a lot of tree tree stuff and they make honey off of like manzanita um, vetch madrone and blackberry, blackberry honey and we blackberry. of course we don't take that away from the bees we let the bees have that and let so because they're in the building process of spring and then we ship everything to North Dakota in May. So we go back to North Dakota. To, the bloom. We get the bees on the ground about the first part, the middle of May. And then we go out and we put the supers on them. And the bloom pretty much starts around the end of May, first part of June. And we run there all the way pretty much until August, September. And then we basically pull all the bees down. We extract all the honey. We make sure the bees have enough honey on them to make it through the winter. and. We ship them to Oregon and they go to Oregon and stay in Oregon pretty much kind of dormant through the fall and winter and then we ship them to California right before the almond pollination and and then we ship them back to Oregon for the spring buildup and we go back to Oregon and then back to North Dakota again in, in May so and it's it's been that cycle for a, well since 1998 it's so about the last 25 years Wow, that's that's fascinating. And so the bees don't have any issue with the moving. No. No. Interesting. No, you do lose it. it, it, As long as they're handled properly, um, a lot of it has to do in the springtime when it gets pretty hot. You have to be real careful with them when you're moving them. But generally in the fall and winter time, they do really well Hmm. on a truck. And is that common that bees get moved around? Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Interesting. We, we kind of like snowbirds follow the warm season. Follow the bloom. We follow the bloom and the warmer temperatures with the bees because it is harder on them with the colder temperatures. And then if they can't get anything, um, we move them to where they can. So it's actually good to have them in the bloom. Not feeding them syrup or anything, so that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Natural diet's always the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, what what stopped me in my tracks at the show is I walked by your booth and you're handing out honey samples, and I had a taste, and it's like, oh my gosh, and I love honey. Yes. And yours was just so exceptional. It was 
It was so good. We do our extraction and we keep our temperatures very low to keep it flowing, but we don't want to damage it. And then when we get it into the holding tank, we don't heat it in the holding tank and we bottle in our glass jars right from the holding tank by hand. <laughs> so, yeah, you had a lot, lot of jars there. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. So we, we take it through a kind of a really low heat process. So we only heat it one time and that's for the extraction and we never go above 98 degrees. Hmm. Generally, most of the time when we start, we're only running our heat exchanger in the low 90s. Hmm. And for that reason, it, it doesn't damage any of the active enzymes that are alive in the honey, which makes it solidify. We also don't do a micron filtration. So we don't pasteurize. And then we do basically, we call it a clarification, but when we run our main honey through a spin flow, it separates all the heavy waxes and all the bee particles. But then there is still some left and some will get through, but when it goes into the holding tank, all that separates to the top. Oh. So it all floats above the honey because the honey is really heavy. Honey's mm. 12 pounds to a gallon. So once that floats to the top, then basically we pull off the bottom sure. and, and that's what you get. Okay. So as we're driving around in our RVs, is the you know sometimes it can get pretty hot is that not the best for the you know it can get pretty hot or pretty cold is that less it, it, optimal the temperature swing really doesn't affect it that much it's just when you overheat it so i mean if you take that jar of honey and you directly heat it in water on the stove or you microwave it you get it up past 100 110 degrees it will start killing the active enzymes but generally when you're like traveling in a motorhome your motorhome really never gets that hot for most of the people. Ours, I mean, if ours is sitting, we usually have our vents going and yeah. circulating okay. air. Okay. You know? yeah. Now, is raw the same as unpasteurized, or is, yes. is that that's yes. because it's not heated? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the not heating it, we're trying to keep everything as natural and live, because right. there's live enzymes in, in the honey. It has, you know, attributes that are people are using for health. Also, we don't filter it, and that's because the pollens are really healthful also. Right. And when we extract, um, sometimes we'll have broken frames. Our extraction system is a cold grind. So mm -hmm. it's a it, it grinds everything while we're de um, uncapping it and it runs up to the spinner. And so there's a grinder. And then if we have a broken frame, instead of just throwing it away or just putting the wax melter, we actually pull everything off of that scr that frame and put it in the grinder. And that way we're getting all the pollen, all the royal jelly. You've got beeswax going through there. Sometimes you get some propolis. And then we have our spinner that, that separates the wax from the honey. And then that goes into the tank. So we've got a lot of goodness going into our honey. Yeah. I always say it's like taking a bite out of the hive. But <laughs> we've done a lot of research on how people are studying honey and royal jelly and the different things that they're using to do for health and the, the royal jelly and the, the enzymes in the honey for injuries internally and externally. They've been finding some really amazing studies on that. Okay, so you do you also then not process, because you're kind of not processing, yes. but do you use or sell or use the royal jelly also? Well, the, so what royal jelly pretty much is, is that when the bees, when the queen lays the egg in the cell, mm -hmm. the bees 
basically mix the pollen and the, and the honey together and they create royal jelly and that's what they feed the young larva with. Oh. So a lot of times when we'll have we'll have frames come in, like she said, a lot of times and there'll be small patches of, of eggs that when you pull it, so it's not all honey, there might be eggs and larva okay. and that's the royal jelly and the proteins. So that basically kind of gets ran through the extraction process. So there, so there's trace amounts of it in there. We don't try and do the royal jelly because if you do the royal jelly, then basically you're killing all the larvae and the hive oh, by doing it. So, but sometimes in, in our last extraction, when the bees come in, you can't control that because the queen is up in that box mm -hmm. and she lays it full and there'll be eggs and larvae and stuff, but there'll be a ring of honey around it. And we have to get that out of that to store that super for the winter time because it doesn't stay on the bees. Yeah. Okay. And so. we just were reading some, some information on some on a government site that had some studies that they were doing that was science. <laughs> we're talking about royal jelly and how it actually was really helping with closure of wounds. Hmm. that open wounds were closing faster with the royal jelly oh. and there's just so much information that they're that they're coming out with and it's like we learn new stuff every year yeah so is there any truth to eating local honey can help reduce allergies yeah there is it, as long as you get with a local beekeeper that does low heat extraction and it's actually raw. There are several different kind of honeys out there that won't granulate as fast as others. And it's because of the sugar concentrations. Mm -hmm. So like your sage, like a lot of your sage honey and your sagebrush honey, it takes a little bit longer to crystallize. And that's because it's not so high concentration of sugars in it. Mm -hmm. Unlike your other flowers, like your alfalfa and like your apple trees and orange trees and stuff like that, mm -hmm. the sugar levels are a lot higher so it tends to granulate a lot faster. But the main thing is, is not getting that honey above 100 to 110 degrees and holding it there for any length of time. Because once you do that, you start damaging the actual enzymes. Right. You can take raw honey to 100 to 110 degrees, you can hold it there for an hour or so, and you can, you can filter it and put it in a jar and it will eventually it start to crystallize, but it takes an, a long time. Okay. We do it as a personal preference because that's the way, it, it, it's been a long haul to get it right yeah. for us. Right. And for what our consumers like and yeah. what, what a lot of people have asked us for. We're at that point now where we kind of have the process pretty much down like I say, I mean, the honey was so good, it stopped me in my tracks. Because, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're like blazing through the show and I'll, here, try some honey. And I'm like, okay, you know, thinking it's honey. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then it's like, oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah, it's funny. We, we watch people's expressions, you know, they're like, oh, okay, I'll try it. And then they're like, Oh, it is, it is <laughs> good. It is. Yeah, and we've had beekeepers come through the show huh. so far. You know, it's kind of funny because in the industry, there's a saying that getting beekeepers together is like herding cats. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really tough to do because a lot of beekeepers hold their cards real close to them. Right. Oh. And, you know, I think a lot of the beekeepers out there now are really beginning to realize, you know, the benefits and what's really going on. 
um, with people's health. And I think that, you know, they're really trying to do a good job and do what's right and get, you know, and get raw, really raw honey out there for people because, you know, that's just the healthiest way to eat it. Yeah. So what is the life expectancy of a bee? In the springtime, when the bees are really in honey production and they're going, it's about four to six weeks. Oh, okay. And the queen is always laying. Yeah. She's always laying. Oh, so there's always new babies. Yeah, Yeah. a good queen will lay 12 to 1,400 eggs a day. Wow. In the hive. Man, too bad she's not a chicken. And does she only live six weeks? No, no, no. A really good queen, a good stable queen, generally lasts a couple years. If she does start to fail in the springtime, the bees will sense that and they'll try and supersede her. So they'll actually try and raise another one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of variables there. The bees on a good flow in the springtime generally last four to six weeks. They just burn, they just fly their wings off because uh-huh. they just travel so much. Wow. So you travel and you go from site to site. So one bee might not necessarily make the trip from Oregon to California to... Yeah, sometimes you'll lose them, um, you know, because we net them. But, you know, it's, it's really the only way to move them. So... It's kind of non-conventional, really, I mean... But, I mean, not in terms of, like, stress, but just in terms of they just don't live that long. So they're going to do their job in Oregon, and by the time you go to California, you have, like, a whole whole new new. set of babies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The queen, from the time the queen lays the egg, it's about three days for the egg to hatch to a larva. Wow. And from the larva stage, it's about 21 to 22 days before the bee emerges out of the cell. Okay. So... In the springtime, you got bees constantly, you got baby bees constantly hatching. So how it works kind of is the baby bees, when they hatch, their main job at that point is to take care of the hive. Their job is to clean the hive, feed the queen, and to take care of the hive. And as they get older, the new babies come off. Those bees that were babies, they leave the hive and start to forage. So they'll be the bees that'll forage and then when those bees basically start to die off, you got the new hatch that comes off right. inside. Those bees move from being the keepers of the hive to, to the, the forage. foragers of the hive. And it's just kind of a... That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is. It's an amazing cycle. And then in the wintertime, when the bees know that... They know winter's coming. They just know. They tell you before you know because... They'll kick all the drones out of the hive, and the drones are the only male bees in the hive, and their only purpose is for breeding the queen. Huh. That's it. So all the bees in the hive are female except for the drones, and the drone population is usually about 10 to 25% of the whole population of the hive. Okay. But in the fall, they'll kick all the drones out of the hive because they don't want to have to feed them all winter. Right. Yeah, oh. Yeah, and they don't raise anymore. Yeah. And then they'll raise a different bee for the winter. Really? They feed it differently. They feed it a little heavier royal jelly because they want that bee to be a little bit stronger. They want it to last through the winter time. Uh-huh. So when they, they get into that spring mode, those bees will be able to go out and forage and they won't die off so fast before the next set of bees come off. So it's, it's wow. pretty amazing. That That's is amazing. amazing. <laughs> I'm sure there's more to know about bees, but we want to make sure we know about you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and about buying honey. So do you have like a a storefront somewhere or do you only sell in like this kind of fair? Well, this is our first venue that we've done 
like this that's okay. large. We've done some market venues and stuff locally around our area. Um, we have an online store. Yeah. Okay. Um, and our online store is Keen, K-E-E-N-E, honey.com. Okay. And we ship all over the United States. That's pretty much how we have to do it because we travel so much. I'd love to have a storefront a store. somewhere. <laughs> I really would. But, but you have to pick a state, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and and for us, it's it's just not a feasible thing to sure. do. Sure, yeah. sure. But we do put honey in, we started with a lot of the stores that were local to us in oh, Oregon. sure. So we have um, a lot of stores in Oregon that we supply and and also on the coast on Oregon, and now we're in the um, natural grocers. Yep. And then oh. also the natural grocers. Colorado. Colorado. We're regional for the Colorado area for natural grocery stores. Okay. And then we're also in natural grocery stores in Oregon. We're doing our best to expand our market and bring our product out there and get it a lot more visible. Okay. Scott and I had talked about the honey in the store not really being all that great. Well, you have to understand it's, I really don't blame anybody or, or, or so the issue is, is that, you know, the, the American consumer consumes about 680 million pounds of honey a year. Wow. And the American beekeeper only produces about 110 to 130 million pounds a year. Hmm. So all that honey has to come from an outside source. It's just the nature of the beast, and it's mm -hmm. just the way the market is. Because so many people out there, you know, they want it. They they would rather have honey than anything else. Mm -hmm. So, in order for our honey to be blended with the foreign subsidy honey that comes into the United States, it has to be pasteurized because it's the only way to blend it. So, you know, they blend it and they pasteurize, and and you know, the packers they do the best job they possibly can to get the product to the shelf. It's just at a point where. A lot more people are becoming more and more health conscious about what they put in their body. Sure. It's just one of those areas and one of those things that it's like with anything else, your processed foods. And so we're, we're really more at, on the lines of health for people. Yeah. We're just a tiny speck. <laughs> I mean, yes. really, we are. We are just a, a tiny, tiny speck of this industry that it's just a major multifaceted industry of consumer consumption. But for us, we want to stay more on the health side. Mm -hmm. So we're never going to change our product from sure. what it is. I mean, because I've unless had... Unless we can make it better in some way. Yeah, well, unless, right. yeah and, I just, and at this point, we just don't know how to do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, like I say, it was so good. And so I've always been under the understanding that honey is like shelf life is infinity? If it's raw. If it's yeah. raw. If it's raw, okay. Yeah. Which yeah. there isn't a mandate on, on the label. So if you know if you know your beekeeper and they're doing that process, that is the best way to get it is from your local, from beekeepers. Your local beekeeper. And it's okay, it doesn't have to be refrigerated. No, no. In fact, refrigerating it makes it like very hard, hard and yeah. hard to yeah. use. Okay, so we know how to find you. Keen honey. Keenhoney.com. Keenhoney.com. What can we as RVers or human beings in general do because I also hear a lot of times like the bees are dying off and bees are so so vital to life. Bees are always looking for water in the summertime. Um, people they'll come to their homes and they're very annoying when they're looking for water. <laughs> yes, they <are. laughs> they'll be looking everywhere 
or places to live. But um, if you put out containers that have rocks and you put water out, so it's very very shallow. Like so livestock, they, can get... they need water. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that is very helpful to bees. But don't put it where you don't want them to be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, just plant bee-friendly flowers around mm-hmm. your place. We encourage people all the time to be more aggressive about what they plant and be more aggressive about what they use for sprays. Mm-hmm. They're great for pollinating gardens. Yes. Being in the Southern Oregon area, we sit around a lot of farms in the springtime that are self-sufficient farms that grow organic vegetables. Mm-hmm. And they really love the bees. So, you know, we sit next to an organic berry farmer and he basically gets free pollination from us because mm-hmm. our bees are, you know, <laughs> there in that area. and. And every year he always calls me on the phone, hey, when are the bees going to be here? When are the bees going to be here? (laughs) That's awesome. But yeah, it's just, you got to understand that they can be a nuisance um, to people. And we do understand that when wild swarms come into people's houses or places. The best thing you can do is if if you don't want the bees there, call call a local beekeeper. Yes. Have them come out and rescue them. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, they're very vital. Tony watches oh, yeah. a YouTube channel. Like every night he watches a video of a lady that got yeah, sent out Florida, to rescue. and she goes and rescues the bees. <laughs> it's interesting awesome. the way she says, she goes, I rescued the bee. It's just, yeah. <laughs> interesting, but she goes and she just like yeah. is grabbing handfuls of bees and always looking for the queen. It's interesting to me. Yeah, and another thing you can do is, you know, support your local beekeepers. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we have a tough time out there. I mean, a lot of people really don't understand it. You know, they, they look at us as, oh, you know, you're a beekeeper and, you know, you're making good money doing the pollination and you're, you know, you make a lot of honey. And But, you know, a lot of people don't understand is, is that it's, it's a substantial investment to do this. I mean, it, it really is. We were fortunate enough to get into it 25, 26 years ago. You know, when our economy was in a lot better and stable shape and <laughs> and bee equipment and bees were reasonably priced then. And, you know, all I can say is for younger people now really to get into the bees, it's it's a major investment. And you have to be so careful about where you put them because so many people, you know, you have farmers that spray certain things and they spray pesticides and they don't know you're there. You could be three, four miles away from a from a farmer that goes out and sprays his alfalfa field for bugs mm-hmm. and he's spraying pesticides and, and it just w- it basically going. just wiped out your bee colonies. Yeah. So wow. we have um, agreements that if they have to spray, they have to let us know 24 hours before so we can move our bees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the foragers will go out several miles. Oh yeah. They'll yeah. do, they'll do, it really kind of depends on the area. If it's a mountainous area, but they'll, they'll do three to four miles pretty easy out of the hive. So for a little tiny wow. critter like that, that is a lot. That that's, is beating their wings. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. The really cool thing about it that I've always thought about was that when you go out in a really good, nice, heavy honey flow and you could put an empty box on them. And, you know, an empty box is like a, we call them deeps. So it's a deep box. Mm-hmm. It's got nine frames in it and there's no honey in it. And you can go out there and you can put that on those bees and you can go back nine days later and that box weighs 65, 70 pounds. Wow. Wow. And you wonder, I mean, you just, you think about that and you go, how many bees did it take to do that? Right. You know, and in that amount of time, and the thing about bees is, is that when they're on a honey flow, they're working 24 seven. They never stop. Oh man. Yeah. They don't take a break. They bring the honey in 
and they put it in the bottom of the hive and they run right back out the door and go for another round. Right back in, wow. right back and out. And that's miles, uh, could yeah. be miles per trip. Yeah. It's a lot of podcasts to listen to. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And it's every day and, it, and it's all day long from the time they can fly to the time they can't fly anymore. That's what they do. And then you can walk out to that hive in the middle of the night and you can hear it. It's humming. And all uh. the bees are at the front door fanning. We call it a bucket brigade. They take all that honey that they brought into the hive in the bottom and they form a line of bees from the bottom to the top and they move all that honey into those top boxes. And then they dehydrate it. So the honey has to be dehydrated. They take it down to 16% pretty much moisture level before they cap it. Because if they cap it any higher than that, it has a possibility of fermenting. Oh. And how do they know this? Then we get mead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, think about it. How do they? How do they? Yeah. Know, how do they know? How do they, they know, know what the moisture content is? Exactly. I mean, it's it's amazing. That it is. really it's is amazing. And to dry it, they just beat their wings they just and fan their, it. Yeah, yeah, they just fan from the top to the bottom and out the door. Wow. wow. And they, that's how they pull the moisture out of that's it. That's just amazing. Incredible. They do the, the same thing when they're controlling the hot or cold in their um, hive. Oh. If yep. it's too hot, they'll actually make their own air conditioner. And they have some that fan the air out, some that fan the air, air in. And if they oh. get too cold, cold the bees on the... shake. If they get too cold, they cluster really tight when they're cold. And what happens is, mm-hmm. is they keep the hive at a constant 98 degrees, no matter what. Wow. So the bees on the outside of the cluster, they get really cold. And the bees on the inside are warm, so they rotate. Mm-hmm. So the bees that are warm, they'll rotate to the outside and move the cold bees into the inside, and rotate the to the outside. Bees. It's amazing. Oh, and they do it by eating honey. So that's how they regulate their body temperature. Well, and they'll shake too, they'll vibrate, but that's what they do. And and it is, it's, you know, so many people take it for granted what they do. Yeah. And they just, it's just a bee or, you know, (laughs) hey, I'm going to swat at that bee because it's bothering me. (laughs) The honey, it's just so amazing that people are having really good success with using it for uh, medicinal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, internally and externally and of course you have to be careful you know you can't say certain things about natural things but they're finding really amazing results and the trippy thing is you know usually something that's good for you tastes terrible but this doesn't it taste good this is the only thing that's good for you and the the most delicious we've gotten spoiled we go and get you know something that is processed and we'll taste it and be like, ugh. Yeah. We've gotten that so That fake sweltered. sugar taste is so disgusting. <laughs> the, the, but the bad thing about it is that some of it you, you go buy and it's, you're like, it's like you, you crave it. Yeah. And you go buy it and you start eating it and you're like, oh, that is so good. That is so good. A few minutes later, you're like, why did I do Why that? did I eat that? Yeah. 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 And I've never felt that way eating raw honey. No. <laughs> I eat my fair share. <laughs> I keep the bees in business. Yeah. There you go. There's never an end to like what we can right. learn. Yeah. yeah. Take us 29 years to learn what you And you know, we, we're still learning stuff. Yeah. We learn a lot. And, and you know, if you, can, if you can honestly say that you know everything there is to know about a honeybee, I would really like to shake your hand and meet you because <laughs> we still don't know. I think that we as humans are learning. So. Yeah. yeah. But how cool that you get to travel and 
10 bees and you have this fantastic honey and just so glad that you're here at the show and that we we're really lucky that we get to share this with our audience. Yes, yeah. thank you cool. very much. It's been a little noisy. You guys probably have noticed <laughs> because we're still at the we're still in Quartzite vacation an RV show. People are moving around and that's okay because yep. that just makes it real. But thank you both of you, Scott and Karen, for spending some time after hours with us and thank telling you. us about the bees and about your honey. Uh, I'm going to go have a snack. Yeah. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. Thanks yeah, for having thank us. Oh, it's you. a real pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Well, we're back. Wasn't that a honey of a discussion? Right. It was the bee's knees. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I, I'm Are sure. Are you running out? <laughs> yeah, I think I might be. Okay. Although, well. you know, I'm just winging it. So. Oh, boy. I can't, I can't think of one. <laughs> I can't do I love puns. <laughs> you know, a podcast isn't a podcast without a pun or two. Oh, right. What is a pun or two? <laughs> All right, so let's get back to business. So, you know, we have partnered with a few companies. Obviously, ABC Upfitters is here with us every week. But another company that we have partnered with is Airgear. Yes. They started out as the Airstream Life Store, and now they're Airgear. One of the things I really like about Airgear is the quality of the things that they sell. For example, we have their water hose. And it's been fantastic. Yes. We have their tire changing kit. Uh-huh. Again, something I think everybody who has an RV should have. We bought our sand-free mat from them. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. But yeah, and we had that out at Quartzsite. Right. So the point being, you don't have to have an Airstream to buy RV supplies from Airgear. If you have an Airstream, there are some things that are very specific Airstream things like teak mats for the showers and Airstream has, you know, specific size showers. But there are also things like tire changing kits and sand-free mats and water hoses and things that any RVer could use and needs. And these are like great quality things. Yeah, they vet their products and that's something that I think has a lot of value. So we will put a link to the Air Gear store. Sometimes we have discounts to some of their products. We have articles to kind of guide you as to, you know, why we like these products and we use them. So if you're ever around us and you're like, hey, so what is that hose like? Or what is that tire changing kit? Or can I see this hand free mat or any of those things? Yeah, we bring them with us. So Tony mentioned earlier that we were going to go camping with our local friends and we're going to a New Mexico state park, I think. I might be wrong. There is a state park in the area, but that one might currently be closed for weather. But anyway, I just wanted to mention, and I don't remember if we talked about this last week, we stayed at Rockhound State Park. And as we have experienced so far, state parks in New Mexico are awesome. Well, the ones we've stayed at so far have these little shelters. The spaces are big. They're just immaculate. And they're set in places that are just beautiful. I have been very impressed with the places we've stayed here in New Mexico. It's just been universally top-notch. Absolutely. So we'll put a link to the Rockhound State Park that we stayed in. We wrote an article about that. I think we have a couple other stories that we can link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Bottomless Lakes we stayed last year. Oh, yeah. Uh So I keep referring to the show notes, and those are at stresslesscamping.com, and there's a tile for podcasts and This is episode 243, and so there will be those links, the links to the Air Gear store, all that stuff there on our website. Another super great outcome of our Quartzsite 
time <laughs> on our courtside meetup yeah, I was, was finding out new recipes from the potlucks that we had. And I've shared a couple of recipes in the last couple of weeks from Daniel and Jennifer and from Marilyn. And this week I want to share Cindy's biscuits and gravy recipe. We've told you before, we love breakfast. Yeah, well, it makes sense since we used to own a bed and breakfast. Well, we did used to own a bed and breakfast, and we still love breakfast. Even yeah, after it's that. one of my favorite meals. It really is. And Cindy... It's in the top three. Well, good. <laughs> Cindy has a little twist on biscuits and gravy where she starts with a biscuit, but then she turns it into something amazing and then puts gravy on it. It's basically a biscuit and some egg and some sausage. So kind of like a bread casserole type of thing, but using that as the biscuit and starting with biscuits. So it's very, very easy because you don't have to make bread or mix a dough or anything. You just use those Grand's biscuits in a can that you pop open and it scares you. (laughs) Then add sausage and egg and cheese to those and bake them and then put gravy on top. Super delicious, super simple. And one can of Grand's will make 16 muffins, so you can feed a pretty good-sized crowd. And Cindy got one of those Omnia stovetop ovens yeah. while she was there. She was just cooking up a storm she with that was. thing, including she brought us biscuits and gravy cooked in that thing. And that thing was neat, so we'll put a link in the show notes to our review of that, too. It was a nifty gadget, and of course, the biscuit. Cindy's a heck of a cook. Right. You know, I mean, even more so, as you said, these potlucks, we had these impromptu potlucks at our quartzite Yeah, sometimes we weren't planning. And then all of a sudden, like, hey, do you want the next meal to be a potluck? And everybody kind of got big eyed and then said, sure, why not? It was really (laughs) impressive. The the volume and quality of the meals that showed up out of people's RVs was just really impressive. I really was rather taken aback. For sure. So that recipe is on the website, as are others. And thankfully, I have a few more coming. I don't know what I'm going to do when I run out. We might have to have more potlucks. Well, we are going camping this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I may actually bring the smoker this weekend and go get a tri-tip. finally. I know, right? (laughs) I I bought that darn smoker specifically to to take with me, and I might actually bring it this weekend. Yippee. Okay, so last week during the Gadget Report, I told you we had a backup camera that I could not figure out how to get the second camera paired to the monitor. This morning... I got an email explaining a tip for doing that. So I don't have an update yet, but maybe by next week I'll have an update and tell you how wonderful that thing is, even with two cameras. Yeah, we'll update the review if there's any new information. And the review was there at stresseskamping.com, which is where you'll also find a review of this week's gadget. Sometime in November, BMW Hitches sent me the new Continuum weight distribution hitch and typical tony i waited i think till two days before we left on our california arizona new mexico road trip that was like 3400 miles so i waited till like two days before to install the hitch because you know why would you plan ahead for anything so this bmw continuum hitch is really different from how any other bumper pull as you call it hitch works. Essentially, it uses a set of composite springs and a hydraulic ram to affect the weight distribution on this hitch. There's a full review, and I also did a video about it at stresslesscamping.com. 
So you can look there if you're curious. But the bottom line, this thing is fantastic. I was just truly impressed with how well it performs, but even more so how easy it is to hitch and unhitch. So many of these weight distribution hitches have these bars and you have to figure out what to do with them. And then you have to lift the heck out of the truck to attach them. And and they're really fiddly. This thing, you back up, drop the trailer on the ball, push the carrier into the receiver and boom, you are done, son. It's a, it's a one person, one hand type operation. Now it, it's not, you know, like it weighs five pounds, that like little carrier with the springs is probably eh, 20, 30 pounds, whatever. But it's really a different hitch experience. The one thing we talk about in the video that unfortunately we bought the Ram 2500, the heavier duty truck and the hitch. And so at the same time, basically. And so I can't tell you, is this thing so much better because of the hitch? Is it so much better because of the truck? But our experience is so much better. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so much more controlled and relaxing to tow. I feel I could go on longer tow days because I'm not. Now we can go more places. Yeah. Well, I'm not (laughs) fighting with that truck. It's not even when cattle trucks go the other way and cattle trucks, man, I think they have two speeds, stop and full out. Right. And even when they go the other way on a two lane road, it did not feel like it was knocking us off the road as it did in the old truck and trailer. One thing I like about it is everything is there. You don't have to, un, you know, like before we had those bars and we had to take them out and figure out what to do with them and how to store them. This one, everything is attached all the time. And it has like a cradle that that hitch sets in while it's not being used. So it's easier to lift and it's a lot better experience from my behind the truck while Tony's in the driver's seat. <laughs> well, and the other thing is because it's a hydraulic ram, there's like a pump that it comes with. So you can change how much pressure there is there. And so if you travel with, let's say you have a toy hauler and sometimes you have heavy toys and sometimes you have no toys. Or let's say you have a trailer with a hundred gallon water tank and sometimes it's full and sometimes it's not. You can actually vary the amount of weight distribution very easily just by how much pressure you put into the system. Then you have to do that each time. So it's not like you're going to adjust it only when you need adjustment. You're going to adjust your brain every time you set it up. On the old hitch, which we liked, we really liked our old hitch, we needed to upgrade the weight distribution bars. And that was two months of the most ludicrous shipping Ugh, yes. it was a mess. silliness that you could have. I mean, they shipped two bars well only one showed up then they shipped them again and an empty box showed up yeah then finally they shipped two bars and one showed up so at least this time we had two bars yeah there's no separate pieces it's just all built in and can adjust i'm gonna say this is the best hitch i've ever used on a travel trailer and i fully recommend it i really like it Well, are you going to use that hitch on your RV of the week? No, because this week I'm actually talking about a motorhome. And it's the Renegade Classic 45 CBF. It is based on a Freightliner Cascadia, which is if you've ever been driving, you know, cross country and you see semis, that's this. This thing is really intended for 
things like race car crews or carnival people or that kind of stuff. It is gigantic. Mm. It has a tow hitch on the back that has a 6,000 pound weight capacity and can tow 32,000 pounds. The diesel in this, of course, it's a diesel because it's a big truck. The one in the Ram is 6.7 liters. That's that's a pretty big diesel for, you know, pickup truck. This thing is 15 liters. It is literally almost three times the size of a pickup truck diesel engine. It's just enormous. But the thing is, the cabinetry and the build quality are exceptional. I mean, the one I saw had heated tile floors. I guess you can carry those when you've got that much truck, huh? Well, and the frame doesn't, you know, when you have that much of a chassis, you don't have to worry so much about frame flex. Where in a travel trailer, obviously, weight is is very critical. In this thing, all the cabinets are built out of solid hardwood. They're all dovetailed. They're all soft close. It's just a quality thing because it can be, right? I mean, if you don't care that the RV weighs... 22,000 pounds or whatever. (laughs) You can do a lot of different things, and they have, but one of the things that just I loved, these are, as I said, they're they're often sold to commercial like race teams, that kind of thing. So they're sold with drum roll, please. No stickers, no swishy swirls, none of that tacky nonsense on the outside. They're just plain white, is what I saw. And Oh, gosh, that alone just loved it. So this thing, I mean, it's okay. Well, also, it's $640,000 for the base price. You know, it's 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 a whole different class of RV. I mean, it's got two bathrooms and it can sleep eight. So your crew can come and it's just a different way to look at RVs. Now, the one thing, it's still the RV industry. So there's got to be something in there that's just like disco tacky. All the lighting around the edges of the counter can be set to strobe different colors. Come on. (laughs) I mean, it was like, okay, this thing is so nice and so classy, but we got disco lights. So anyway, I have a full review at rvtravel.com, and we'll put a link in the show notes at stresslesscamping.com. Well, it would seem that I came up with a good topic again last (laughs) week for the question of the week, which was... Tell us your favorite RVing or camping slogan. And what fun this was to read. I want to go make a bunch of t-shirts now. Let's see, I'm just going to read them, I guess. I am sorry for what I said when we were backing in the camper. You're not going to find it or see it from the couch. My husband kisses me and says, off on another adventure. Something bad when she says, that was the exit. (laughs) Leave no trace. We have actually talked to the Leave No Trace people, and we will put a link to that in the show notes because that is a great one, Leave No Trace. My trailer has a sticker, I go where I'm towed. I love that one. Home is where you park it. I hate pulling out. (laughs) I know who put that one. And they have a a spare tire cover on their travel trailer with that on it. It has that on it, yep. Of all the paths you take in life, make sure a few are dirt. I love that. Grace's needs a little bit of story. She said, I kind of struggle on travel days and I find it very overwhelming and stressful. I know our next stop will be somewhere new that may or may not offer something neat to see or do. As my mom told me when I was 16 and left home, 
bloom where you're planted. Mm. I've traveled most of my life and mom's words travel with me. Happy camping, everyone. And I said to Grace, that explains why there are so many beautiful places because she was there and she left her seeds from her bloom. Oh, Grace is such a neat lady. Yeah, she is. And boy, can she make scones. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Let's see. Not all who wander are lost, but some of us are. <laughs> Keep wandering. I haven't been everywhere, but it's on my list. I go where I am toad, spelled T-O-A-D, because it's on an R-pod that uses frog decals. Oh. <laughs> RV there yet? I think I have pajamas with that. Well, I have a lot of pajamas, so. <laughs> yes, you do. We sleep around. I haven't been everywhere, but it's on my list. I, said that. I know, two people said that. Whenever we've seen something incredible and we're about to leave, my husband will say, okay, on to the biggest ball of twine. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. I love this one. Everywhere to go, nowhere to be. Oh, that's fantastic. Off to see the lizard. <laughs> I can't remember what that's from, but it's so familiar and I know it's from something. So tell me what that was. It's all part of the adventure, which is good to say when you find yourselves in construction or traffic or weather or anything that disrupts your smooth travels. Or get rear-ended. Or that. I wonder what's down that road. Where's your playground? Don't follow me. I do stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've also seen Don't Follow Me, I'm Lost. I love that one. Both are good, but the stupid stuff one <laughs> suits me. Take only memories, leave only footprints. That's another leave no trace. Another yeah. leave no trace. So as I said, we'll put a leave no trace link from when we interviewed people from there. And thank you all because as I said, I just you know, these are just fun. I love reading them. I love to see what <laughs> people say every time they get out on a trip or something like that. So thank you for playing along. This week I was kind of wondering, and I think this is the same question I asked about this time last year. When and where is your first camping trip planned for 2024? Ooh, ours changed. Ours? Well, maybe not our first camping trip. Oh, you're right. What am I thinking? We've been camping <laughs> We've for We've been like camping two since, the, since before the new year. Ours did change a little bit a couple weeks ago, and we had to make some adjustments, and I needed to look up one of those sayings about... Don't panic. It's all a great adventure. <laughs> we plan our life in Jello. Set your plans in Jello. Yep. Thank you, John and Kathy Huggins. Yes. So if you haven't already been camping this year, where and when are you going on your first trip in 2024? And you can answer that at our fun and friendly, spam-free, except for at breakfast, Stressless Campers Facebook group, which is linked at stresslesscamping.com. While you're at stresslesscamping.com, you know that you can sign up for our once a week newsletter that's absolutely free. We don't use spam. We eat all the spam. We don't serve it out to you. Yeah, spam is good. <laughs> we just add One your of these name. These days we got to go to the spam museum. Oh, we do. We just put your name on our list, and once a week we send out a newsletter that gives tips and tricks and links and videos and all that kind of stuff to help you get a better experience out of RVing. And did you know that you can find the show notes for this episode 
which is number 243, on the podcast page at StresslessCamping.com. That's where you'll also find our deals and discounts page for the best deals on things you'll need for your stressless camping adventure. Something that I'd like to remind everybody, the only time we put things on deals and discounts are if it's something that we truly believe in and we use ourselves in our own stressless camping adventure. So we don't just put stuff on there to put stuff on there. It's companies and products that we really believe in. So we do ask you to let us know if you know of any great deals or discounts. Know that if you send something that we don't think will work for us or our listeners, we probably won't pursue it. Yeah. But if you send something great, we sure will. Yes, indeed. Of course, we are in all the social places like Instagram, Facebook, Threads, TikTok, X. all of that. X. <laughs> Hey, I'm starting to learn the new names instead well, of the I'm old impressed. names. But you can start at StresslessCamping.com and under the hamburger menu is a place you can jump off and find us out there in the social sphere. If you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free! It's free to subscribe on any podcast app and we are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. Of course, did you know that a review helps others find this podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts? And the more listeners that join our little campfire here, the better the deals and discounts and the better the podcast topics and all of that, the better the guests that we can get for you. So thank you for all of your reviews. And if you've already left a review, you can also help us by sharing things that you see. If you see a post we put on Facebook or Twitter or X or all those places, or even on our website. You can share that with your friends, share it by email, share it on Facebook, whatever you like. Really, it helps us a lot if more people know about us. Yeah, sharing is caring. (laughs) Well, that's what we've got for you this week. It was truly a honey of an episode. Yeah, I know. I've used that now, I think, three times. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. It's pun repeat. Thank you for letting us join you in your ears on your adventures and wherever you happen to be doing the laundry, whatever it (laughs) happens to be. Thank you. We hope you have a great week and stressless camping. We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!